we want to deal with a little bit because a lot of times social media will portray something, but you don't see all the background stuff that they do to make something like that happen. Amen? And a lot of times we see the pictures of relationships, but we don't necessarily see the struggles and the reality. And a lot of times we'll say, man, I would love to have a relationship like that or like that. Man, they look like they're really having a good relationship. And the reality is that has a definition. And a relationship like that, it's got many things connected to it. There's the negative and the positive. And that's today we, we hope to be able to share a little bit of this. So when you came in today, you see those lips. Did anybody notice that there was some lips on the? Yeah, okay. So it was kind of, I'm sure that was kind of, and we wanted it to be a conversation piece, okay? So these lips right here, I had to take this out of my bedroom. And uh, I brought it to church. So, um, but before you guys get to thinking something really crazy and have your minds going in the direction it shouldn't go, okay? This light represents more than what you may be thinking, okay? All right? Years ago, I was in high school as a young boy, and which has been a while ago, okay? Well, in that high school, there was this pretty young lady that was amazing, okay? And to me, when I saw her, she just, there was something, there was a little light that went off instead of me, and I didn't really know what that was, okay? All I know is there was something really special about that young lady. But I quickly turned the tables and began to look at my life and who I was, and I said, no way, no way. Somebody that good is not something that I would ever be able to have. So I went through high school and didn't pay no attention, okay? But it was something that stuck with me for a long time because she was amazing, outside, inside. And, and I might have talked to her a little bit, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, if I did, I don't remember, okay? So fast forward is, you know, I go on about my life. I leave high school, and then I get, you know, married, and then I do what 50% of the church does. I got a divorce. So then I was back being single again, okay, of a church that's probably uh, maybe twice as big as this church, chair-wise. It don't necessarily mean there was that many people, but I do like what most Christian men and women do that are single. You look around, and you go, okay, <laughs> there's my options. So there was a couple ladies in the church, so I endeavored to do what any Christian would do. You don't want to go outside the church. I mean, that's the Philistine women. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to go amongst the Philistines. So I'm going to kind of do what I can inside the church. So I said, okay, well, let me start dating. All right. So I started dating this one girl. That wasn't happening. Then I dated the other girl. And not that they're bad women. Okay. They wasn't. It just wasn't for me. Okay. And it wasn't what I was looking for. So that didn't work. So finally, I came to a place in my life to where I cut the light on and I said, you know what? Jesus... Hold on. Jesus, Jesus, you're the one I'm going to go after. And I'm talking, I'm in my, you know, late 20s, guys, okay? And I've got every, you know, reason in the world that I could make up to go and look and act and be crazy, all right, and find a woman. Do you think I'd have had a hard time finding a woman? No. <laughs> I would not have had a hard time looking for or finding a woman. I can promise you that, okay? And, uh, but I didn't want to go out. So I finally came to the conclusion after a couple dating experiences, okay, that, look, I'm going to sell my heart out to God. I'm going to give him my whole life. 
and I'm just going to go after him. And I did. I mean, I'm telling you, I went after him. And I mean, the light was on, and I was going after him, wasn't thinking about no girl, wasn't thinking about no date, wasn't thinking about none of that. I wanted God. And then, as I was pursuing God, that young lady that I saw in high school was now standing with me. And there was a lot of things that happened, and I won't really go into that. She's going to share her side. But there was a lot of things that had to happen, okay, to get me in a place to be able to be with her when I was supposed to be with her. God brought that together. God brought that girl to me. Not a man, not works of mine. It was God that brought her to me. And that's his plan. So, yeah, I looked up. And now I've got the woman of my dreams. I'm telling you, Belinda came into my life, and now I'm walking out what I saw in high school. Guys, I'm not making that up. It's real, you know. Now, again, a lot of things happened, and, 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 and God brought us together at the time we needed to be together. But nonetheless, as I forsaked everything and put God the center of my life and began to seek him, God brought me what I desired. And you can share your side. Hallelujah. me out a little plan, you know, you got to have a plan, and see, see those goals come to pass, even like with relationship, the goals, you got to have a plan, mm-hmm. but anyway, so my plan was, I wrote down what I wanted in a man, because I knew, as a young girl, that I wanted to be married one day, I didn't, I didn't really want to be single yet, but I wanted to be married, but you have to first love who you are before you can ask for that from anybody else, so, mm-hmm. um, so I, I fell in love with God. I can't say I fully fell in love with myself, but I, I tried to love myself, you know, for who I was, and just embrace that, and sometimes it does cross borders, but what I did was I, um, I read a verse in the Bible, one of my favorite verses is, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, mm-hmm. I fully believe that, but you've got to delight yourself in him, so I said, I have to delight myself in God, this is the way to get my desires, you know, so I started just kind of seeing where I thought would be, would be delightful to God, and I started doing it, him and praying, reading the word, and just trying to let my actions line up with what he wanted me to do, you know, because mm-hmm. he tells you things to do in the Bible. If you don't do them, you're not going to be pleasing no more than if you ask your child to do something and they don't do what you ask them to do. You're not going to please your parents, you know, mm-hmm. so, so God's hand was kind of cool. So I basically just started walking like that, and I had a little list of what I wanted in a husband. Of course, the first thing is what is on every Christian girl's lips is she wants him to be a godly man. Um, and then I had a pretty long list after that. I won't tell you everything on my list, <laughs> but I had a pretty long list after that. And um, and I just started looking at it, praying over it, and just believing that it was going to come true. Well, I met who was one of the men of my dreams. Okay, I've had two really great marriages. And I contribute that to God, you know. And 
and not just God, but a little bit of myself actually following through with what I thought he wanted me to do, you know. So um, at about 15 years old, I did meet the guy that I, that was uh, my life, you know. He was a good guy. He's a lot like me. That's good. He's doing good. See, this will heal somebody today. This will heal somebody today. Okay? Because she's getting ready to share with you what people go through. All right? You can do it. (laughs) You met the man of your dreams. Okay. So, Mikhail was wonderful. You know, I had eight, I mean, not eight kids. We had three kids. I ain't met them other five, but <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. They're not in our picture I'm about to show y'all. Okay. <laughs> I wanted a dozen, but that didn't work out. So, but anyway, um, we had three kids, beautiful kids, and um, had a wonderful life. Um, everything was great. Da, 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 da. Of course, you know, every marriage has good times and bad times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all great in any marriage. But both marriages were godly and uh, Christ-centered. But um, he passed away um, two weeks ago. Actually, this blood that I have on my forehead and my eyebones is so crazy. It is so good. But anyway, last week, so I'm over 100. So I'm good, guys. I don't need anybody else. But I was still lonely. <laughs> um, as far as Seeking God and loving Him, and then, um, like Nathan said, you know, we knew each other all through high school. I don't really know if we talked either, um, but you know how you just know people. I mean, I went to the same high school. So. I was real popular, guys. I'm telling you, I was stud of the school, <laughs> about that high. <laughs> but, um, but the one thing that I do remember, which is really odd to me, is my best friend said. And I'll just say one of the things on my list of my long list of things was I talked with Godly, but somewhere in there was, I want somebody funny, somebody can make me laugh, you know. And so I got that in both of the guys that mm, I, so I, I don't know, when I was praying for my husband, I don't know if I was praying for two different people the whole time, you know. Uh, and God was keeping them both, you know, he didn't want to move, but um, maybe he was in them both at two different times. I don't know, because God knows everything. Mm-hmm. But, um. Anyway, so in school we didn't really know each other like real personally. I think I, I think we did have one class together maybe, and all I remember is he was a class clown. That's all I remember, <laughs> and um, he was not very um, I don't know serious about his work and stuff. And I just thought you know he's class clown or whatever. And then um, my one of my best friends just looked at me one day we were driving home from school. She goes. I don't even know why she said this. We weren't talking about anybody. She said, you know that old Nathan Gibbs? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And she said, he's funny. 
And that's all I remember. That's the only conversation I remember about Nathan Gibbs in school. <laughs> Is he's funny. And then we ended up, you know, being at the same church together later in life. And um, you see how God does it, love. You see how God is just working this out if you keep your eyes on Him. Yeah, if he had never got to church, we would have probably never met. No. Probably. No. But um, but anyway, so we met at church, and we really still didn't talk too much at church. You know, mm -mm. I guess because we knew each other in school and that kind of upbringing, you know. But we talked a little bit, not too much. But um, then then it just ended up like you said, we were both single, and we were single both in a bank. We were both married, and then at two different situations, we were both single again. But I still, you know, I wasn't, he was looking, you know, in the church to try and find somebody. Well, like my girl around here somewhere, man. We'll be looking now. Scoping the land out. Changing the battery in the car, you know, just. I don't know. And her dad actually said something to her that you, you, you was gonna fall for me if I kept coming around and stuff like that, which was, you know. But it was, it was, a, it was, it was. Again, I started helping her out innocently, and then we went to the Bahamas, and we walked in, and we had the same room with one bed. Okay, now that sounds bad, but I, let me just. And I'm like, <laughs> what's done in the Bahamas stays in the Bahamas, Jack. Woo! Hallelujah. God done come through, man. So that does sound bad, but it's not bad because I was a strong Christian. And I know that sounds still bad, but I was just like, we were, before my first husband, uh, Matt's dad, um, we would love to go on trips and stuff. And we would buy up trips and we'd have all these trips, you know, to take. That we're and still paying for. that I needed to take. And the one before that, I asked my cousin, which is a guy, to go with me because I just was more comfortable traveling overseas with a guy because I felt comfortable. And I wasn't taking a guy that I wasn't interested in. I knew I wouldn't do something like that. Wow. <laughs> so I wasn't interested in him. And he wasn't interested in me either because he went, he went. I went to the tanning bed for 30 days. I was so dark. I looked like a bohemian, okay? I'm telling you, I was dark. I mean, I would be in the pool. I said, man, I'm going to look for some chicks, man. I mean, I'm going to be looking good, and I did. I mean, I was dark. I, was, I mean, I'd be out there in the pool, man, water all over me, and just kind of laughing. The next day, them same people that was playing volleyball in the pool, they'd be red. I mean, burnt. I'd be like, whoo, hallelujah, man. Come on, let's do this thing. So my goal was to go to the Bahamas to find a chick, and I did find one. He was looking for one. I did find one, and it wasn't you. There was a drunk girl that got in our little car, <laughs> and she, she gave me a little attention, but that wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I had to erase that one. That was a bad <laughs> I'm thinking, man, is this what it's come to? I mean, they got to get drunk to like me. Hallelujah. <laughs> but but, but it is true. When we did go, it was supposed to be separate beds and everything. And when we walked in the room, there was one king-sized bed. The hot light was on, man. What was I going to do with this? And I said, well, you're going to call down there and get a call, you know. <laughs> and so he did. And he got King-sized bed, too. I mean, it was a big bed. And we dressed, you know, very modestly. 
And I, I, I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. Yeah. <laughs> so something changed on that trip. Then we came back home, and I fell in love with her. And I remember staying up all night one night going, man, how am I going to tell her that I really like her? Because I didn't want her to feel like I didn't want her to still love and miss Reggie because Reggie's still a part of our family. Okay, he'll always be a part of our family. I love that man. Okay, he was a good husband. He was a good father. But he was a good role model. Okay, and he's really the reason why I'm here today. One of the reasons is his life before Christ. So I just remember the next day, and let's just kind of wrap this up. But the next day, I finally just said, look, I'm having feelings for you. It took me all night to do that. You know, guys, we don't really express ourselves too well. You know what I'm saying? It takes us a while. So I did my best, and, and she said, well, what do we need to do? I said, well, we don't need to do nothing crazy. I said, just, you know, we'll just go to church and all that. And, you know, she was like, well, you know, about putting my arm around her and all that. I said, no, we're not going to do none of that. I'm going to just reverently give you your space and all that. I just wanted to be with her because my thought was is even if she decided to marry somebody else, I wanted to be with her as long as I could before she did maybe choose or whatever she decided to do. So that was my thing. I had found somebody that just made my life better. So I said, I want to be with you. And then, you know, she, you and know. he did say, he said, if we're just friends forever, I'm good. And that, that kind of upset her, too. So we knew from where we were. But, but I had been watching him, you know, trying to date all these other girls. and In the know, church that we all attended. Nathan a little bit, you know. So I didn't want, I wasn't going to do that. You know, but, you know, it just, but it worked out. But, but anyway, the thing I wanted to say was <laughs> that when you keep your eyes on God, that's, that's the ticket. Right? Mm-hmm. Starting as a young girl, my daddy loved me a lot, okay? So being that my daddy loved me a lot, <laughs> I didn't have to go outside of my house looking for something to do with him. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage all the dads, love on your little girls. Even love on your sons, you know, love on both. You can't have relationships everywhere. Because I didn't have that. <coughs> the talk my dad gave me is said, son, make sure you use a condom. Yeah, that was it. Son, just use protection. Thanks, Dad. That's exactly what I need to hear. It's just real. This is real life, guys. This is what goes on in homes all over, okay? I didn't need to hear that. I needed to hear, Son, look, I love you, and I'm here with you. You're going to make good decisions in life. I needed to be encouraged about how to do relationships, and most people in this room have never been taught that. You know it. Some maybe have. But there's people in this room, you didn't have good role models, okay? You wasn't a good role model, et cetera, whatever. But this is not about making you feel bad. This is about knowing that we serve a redeemer, and he can redeem that. Even if you have messed up, you have made mistakes, he will redeem you if you will let him. Amen? Because I had to come to the realization that I was a screwed up mess. That's the first step to getting an answer is realizing that you've made mistakes. Amen? And once you realize that, then God can start repairing some things. So. And, and back to, like, because my dad loved, um, if you came from a uh, home that you didn't have a good dad or something, don't let that be. Mm-mm. Because your daddy will tell you. Great that daddy. And he loves you. Mm-hmm. And then, then the next thing I wanted to say was then when we both were married, um, It's important to 
put yourself in the right. I'm not saying that to make him look bad. I'm just saying, put yourself in the right. I'm just saying, put yourself in a situation where you're not going to get hurt, where you're not going to be reaching for all kinds of things because sometimes you accept things just because you know you think it's normal or you think you can work it out or whatever. So just know what God wants for you. He wants something good for you. Um, and then um, the other thing I wanted to say is, back to that video, is I've read a, a sign down the street. It says, in a world full starved of love, everybody's reaching for likes. It's like we're more concerned about the likes on our Facebook page and the pictures that we put than just actually creating good relationships here. Loving relationships. And like I said, it's relationships with everybody that you're around, not just your husband and wife. Of course, with God, your husband and wife, your kids, everything. But uh, I went off with my son last night, and I noticed that there was a couple, obviously, on a date, and they were there to spend time together, and the guy just sits back in the booth, and he's looking at his phone for, like, a long time. The girl's over there. She's on her phone doing this, and I'm thinking, they don't even know if they're on a date. Mm. Me and my son are just here. <laughs> we're not on a date. You know, we're here to have dinner, but we're having a lot more meaningful conversation than this couple over here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just talking about husband and wife. I'm talking about with your kids, with people. Keep those relationships strong because they all matter. So the definition of goal is the object of a person's ambition or effort. It's an aim or a desired result, okay? And now that I've got a hunter in the house, he'll probably relate to this, okay? When a hunter goes out to hunt, especially an experienced hunter like my brother, Dwayne is, and we have others, when my brother goes hunting, he don't go just to kill anything. He has his sights on something specific. He'll watch deer after deer after deer walk by because he's there for one specific reason is to get that deer that he wants. It's the way it looks, the way it's built. It could be an eight-pointer, ten-pointer, whatever the case may be. But he's out there, and his goal is to get that particular deer. And I've seen it. He'll walk around, and he'll come back and share the stories of all the deer he saw because that specific one wasn't there. But yet us in relationships, we have no goal. We go and we get something, and then we try to make it fit what we want. And then we try to go get something and try to ask God to bless that relationship. See, I went and got in a relationship and got married that man joined together, not God joined together. You need to realize something, and if you don't remember nothing, God blesses what he says is his will. He blesses his ideas. He blesses his ways. Just because you come get some chick and you get some dude and you want to say, okay, we're going to get married, and then you get with a preacher and he does all that, and then we just say, okay, God bless it. That don't mean he's blessing it. That don't mean he's blessing it at all, okay? No more than if you go down the street and get a job that he didn't tell you to get, and then you ask him to bless it. No, it's going to be tough on you. It's going to struggle. You're going to struggle. That's why you need to have a list. You need to have a goal. You need to have something in mind. And if you're single in here and you don't have somebody, it ain't God's will. He wants you to have somebody in your life. If it's not a mate, it could be a small group. It could be some people, a good friend, a best friend. 
I know maybe the last best friend maybe treated you wrong, but that don't mean all of them are going to treat you that way. Maybe the last church you went to, the pastor didn't treat you right. I'm telling you, God wants you to have a church home. He wants you to have a pastor. He wants you to have a friend. Amen? Don't think that you're done. God wants us in relationship. Amen? Man, your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. Amen? We're going to get God in the mix. Okay. <laughs> but our goal is to aim at something that is a desirable result. And you need to be intentional with this, guys. Like she was intentional. I mean, some of us in this room, your marriage ain't where it needs to be or where it once was. You know, maybe you're in this room and you're thinking about a girl or dating a girl or, or dating a guy, okay? This is how you define whether you should be with them or not. Now, if you're married, you better just work through it and you better ask God to help you and you just, you know, God can help you, okay? But you got to stir up the flames of passion, all right? You got to get the light on, hallelujah. All right, don't make excuses why the light ain't on. Just get the stinking light on and let's go ahead and, you know, make it happen. Amen, 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 hallelujah. But if you're in a relationship and that relationship's not making you better, that ain't a relationship you need. You need to get away. So many people will date people and get, be friends with people. Amen? And, and, and they'll, they'll try to, even though it's a negative relationship, maybe they're not godly, maybe they're not. We shouldn't even be looking for somebody that ain't godly anyway. If you don't love Jesus, that's the first thing. You're done, bro. You're done, chick. Why? Because I'm going to have to deal with your baggage for the next 30 or 40 years. Amen? I don't want to deal with your stuff. I want you to love God like I love God. Why? Because together with him, we're going to be a success. And I don't have to be responsible for meeting all her needs. She knows who to go to to get her needs met. I know who to go to to my needs at. Whether the light's on, whether the light's off, she knows where she can go to get her needs met. And me too. Amen? So we want relationships that are making our life better. If you're in relationships with people that are making your life not better, you need to cut those relationships off. Amen? That's not a good goal. We need to have good goals. Mm-hmm. If you are married and your marriage is not quite where you want it to be, make a list. Does anybody here ever make a list of things you want to do? I make a list when I want to clean my house. I'll write down three of them questions. Judge the ceiling fan. <laughs> Mop the floor. Sweep the floors. And, and I feel so accomplished if I mm-hmm. clean that thing spotless. And then at the end of it, my house is clean and it smells good at the end. But, um, but make a list, okay, of whatever it is. And even if it's if you don't desire to be married and you just um, want to make your relationship with your child better, make a list of what's mm-hmm. going to make that better, you know. There's a list. It always helps. Relationship. Relationship means the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected. So, like we said, relationships with God, your spouse, parents, kids, employees, pastors, people you work with inside the church or outside the church. Before you start reading this right here, most of y'all don't even know our family. You've not seen all of our kids. So if you could, Brandon, put up that first picture. No, put up the first one. That's, I want to get the one where we was getting married. Look at there. Hallelujah. Look at Maverick sitting beside me up there, man. This is Kayla right over here, okay? And we got Dana right here. This is um, Justin, okay? And Kayla and Justin are my two kids, okay? And they're all our kids, but then Maverick's beside me, and there's Cayman, okay? Um, and then, of course, that was all a surprise wedding. I had no idea that that was going to happen. She spent seven or five days putting a wedding together, and that all came walking in one night on a Saturday night. So, Maverick, there you go. 
So, yeah, go ahead and let's show the next picture, you know, uh, recent. Um, there's Maverick, obviously, and Michelle. Uh, and then there's our little uh, grandson right there, me and Belinda. And there's Paige, a new addition to our family. Uh, she got married to Justin here recently. Uh, the only one that's not ours <laughs> is this one here. She just wanted to be in the picture, okay? Maybe she'll be Yeah. And then there's Cayman, and then, of course, there's Kayla, Dana, and then Dana's boyfriend, Bobby. And Reggie, he just ain't really photogenic. He don't like to take pictures, so uh, he's, he, he, he likes to move around. So that's our family right now. That's, that's our family, okay? So now you kind of know a little bit about our family. Um, we want to know about yours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in our relationship, we feel like we're really happy, okay? Um, we are. We've had, it's not because everything's always been good, okay? We've had good times. we had reached the highlight of our life when we got married when we said I do on that one day where everything was kind of perfect you know and we just stopped there and we had many debates and many conversations and the amount of fun mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't be married today right so you got to keep the fire going you got to keep the hot stuff on oh my girl my, my girl right there baby <laughs> Woo! hallelujah exactly. come on All over. Caleb, you're dismissed. <laughs> we just mean that a lady has to feel loved. Okay, this is something we all learned in our uh, classes recently. But um, a lady has to feel loved in order to receive love. Okay. So if you're not making her feel loved, she's not going to want to make you feel loved. Okay. Because she'll feel like she's too hard. But um, but you got to want to. Guys, I'm telling you, man. And that was one of the things, too. Again, like she said, we're also coming from bringing in two families. We got we got a blended family, okay? Uh, you know, now she's dealing most of the time with, you know, an ex-spouse, and she's having to deal with a, with, with a mother of, of, you know, two of my children, and, and then those two are coming with the three, and we're getting them every other weekend, and we're going through that whole routine. It's very odd and weird, and it, it don't feel good. It ain't good. Um, it's just a tough situation. We had to work through that and navigate through it, and I'm going to tell you, it wasn't always easy. I'm telling you, she had her moments, okay? The devil really weared her out a lot, you know, and, you know, because you're giving child support money, a lot of money. And then I'm seeing the money not being spent right. Obviously, you know, the devil wants you to see that. And then you get, I mean, there's just a lot of tension there that, that a lot of people are experiencing today with blended families and stuff. And it's not easy, but with Christ in the center, you can do it, okay? Because we did it. We lived through it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! So marriage or any relationship that you have is not a destination. It's a journey. So Amen. after you do say, I do, or you do make new friends with somebody, or you start a new job, you're on a journey now Can I share some of what I did for no. you on that time? Okay. <laughs> I tried to get her to let me, but she, I, it was, it was. When, when asked 
friends or a couple, whatever, when you focus on the same things, it creates you going in the same direction and you can create happiness, you can create communication because like if Nathan's over here and I'm over here, and just say the Lord's will is God. Well, if we're both going towards God, well, we're getting closer and closer as we get to God, okay? But if we're over here and he's going towards Softball, golf, doing it. But I'm over here. They may, we may still be in the same house, but what's happened is, is we've not become one. And see, the thing with marriage is, is when you come together, that means you have to be willing to say no to some things that you was doing before you got married. That means there might have been some stuff you love to do, but guess what? If it's not including her and it's not joining y'all closer together, can you walk away from that and be okay with it? Because she or he is now number one. You've become one. Well, by God, I've been doing this all my life and I'm going to do it. Well, that's fine if you want to be that way. But if you want to be that way, just know that your marriage will suffer. Your relationships will suffer. Amen? So, I mean, it's about you both going in the right direction. And just like with Christ, you have to die to some things. When you get married, it's no longer about you. It's about we. Amen? We're one now. And we've got to, and we are. We don't do nothing apart from each other. I mean, we don't, I mean, everything she you likes to do. Wild game dinner last. <laughs> well, I did go to that wild game dinner last night, and that was, but that was good. We got to do stuff like that, okay? But, you know, I go shopping with her. I hold her clothes. I'm so excited to see her come out with new clothes. I want to be there. I want to help her pick them out. I love it. I don't regret it. Are you kidding me? That's my girl, man. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I look weird. All these chicks around me, and I'm sitting here, you know, what's going on, man? I don't care. This is my bride. This is my best friend. This is, I mean, she is the real deal, man. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Christ at the center of our marriage, we can even take Christ together to the ball court. You know? mm -hmm. And I can watch him play ball, and I can enjoy it, you know, instead of being bitter and like, why is he playing ball and I'm over here or whatever? Or he can, I can take him, like you said, to shopping. I really don't like shopping that stuff. But, um, but anyway, so things like that create communication because if we got our mind on the same things, we can actually talk about same things. We got something to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, we have trust and security. Um, we don't have to wonder what's going on. Uh, we got respect and honor. And we always have fun. Um, like I said, love and affection is really important in a relationship. Patience is really important in a relationship with your spouse, with your child, whoever it is. Um, and understanding differences that each other has. Mm -hmm. um, we believe our marriage is great because it is centered around Christ. You know, that's the first thing. The first goal in a relationship should be for it to be centered around Christ. To make your relationship better, think about what it centers around. So if you think about what your, if our relationship was centered around baseball, period, probably wouldn't be that good. <laughs> um, but sometimes people center their relationships around themselves, like just their own personal life. If I just wanted this relationship centered around this man, it wouldn't go very far. Mm -hmm. We watched a cricket team the other day, and this sister was setting her sister up on a date, a blind date, and the blind date was all about himself. He just wanted her for himself, and then as she started talking about herself, she would get a phone call, and he said, oh, can we do this date on your own and let it off? Well, she ended up finding somebody by accident that was interested in what she was doing and liked about him that she wanted. Mm -hmm. So it can't be 
self-centered. It can't be kids things because you have kids. It can't be all about the kids. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because if you make it all about the kids, then in 18 years, you're not going to really or know 20, each other. Yeah. Because our kids ain't home now. So if it was all about the kids, we'd be by ourselves, and we wouldn't even know each other. So, And you no. can't make it about images and stuff like on Facebook. You can't just make it a pretty picture on Facebook and not really be doing anything in the background. I told my son about that one video last night, and he was like, well, that would have been it. I wouldn't even have her after you started wanting to do all that mm-hmm. stuff and make it fake on Facebook. And you wouldn't even want to have no friends like that that always talk about themselves all the time. That's nauseating. It really is. So if you're doing that, repent and don't do it no more. Because it's just nobody, you're not making nobody happier. You really ain't. Um, but what does a Christ-centered marriage look like? Okay. Two things I want to give you today is pray together and read the Bible. Okay. There's two main things that really do define what a Christ-centered marriage is going to look like. And you may say, Nathan, me and my husband don't pray together. Or me and my boyfriend and girlfriend don't pray together. I know it can be weird and awkward, but start somewhere. Just join hands and pray. If it's like a Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for protecting us and keeping us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Start somewhere. Begin to get that bond, okay? And, and reading the Bible together. You know, we, we, uh, we go to Helen every year, getting ready to go here in about a week or so, but we'll go up there and we'll read books of the Bible together. Man, that's intimate. Oh, my gosh, we have such a good time reading God's Word together and letting Him pour revelation over both of us because He's in the center of what we're doing. Amen. If you're sitting there thinking, I don't even do all this. I'm not even married. I'm not rich. I'm not a single woman. Still listen because it's all about just having a Christ-centered life. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's what this whole message is about, is a Christ-centered life. And you will have a happier life if you're single just by having a Christ-centered life. But, like we said, sometimes things just drop along that God just ain't so sweet on you with. Mm-hmm. And if you want the right person in life, become the right person. If you're single, you should be coming something. You should be working at becoming something. And then when you do get married, you need to keep working on being something. Amen? I mean, I don't, I don't get abs like this just sitting around watching TV. you got to work on it. I, I want to present myself when I do get the hot light on. I don't want to present myself to her in a way that I feel like is, is not presentable i want to work on my physique i want to work on my spiritual well-being i want to work on myself all the time because she matters but if i just get married and i throw in the towel and go who cares bubba i got that woman praise god hallelujah yeah you may stay married for 30 or 40 years but it ain't going to be what you want and so many people man they feel better when they leave home and go to work than they do going home because they know what they got when they go home it ain't that happy that it ain't that fun so we you don't want to be that way right there hallelujah Go back to Genesis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Going back to Genesis. Real quick. We got about six minutes, baby. Hallelujah. So let's. So if you go all the way back to Genesis, you got to open the start from the beginning. Um, the first day, does anybody on here have God married? <laughs> God married the day and the night. And do you know what he said about the day and the night? You need to remember? He said it was good. Okay. Day two? Good. Day three, he made the trees and the plants, and he said it was good. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars, and he said it was good. Day five, he made Nemo, Dory, uh, birds, uh, you know, and all those really good creatures. And then what did he say? Good. Day five. Or was it day six? Day six, he made man and 
Timon and Pumbaa and Simba, made all those, and then what did he say? He went on to say it was very good, very good, okay? But as we see in, in Genesis 2.18, there was something that God saw that wasn't good, okay? Because there's two things that God wants for you and me. He wants to be in relationship with you, and he wants you to be in relationship, okay? He wants to be in relationship with you, and then he wants you to be in relationship. So God says this in Genesis 2, 18. You're going to say something about the Sabbath day too, right? Yeah, there was one more day. Okay, so he made one more day, and that was the Sabbath day. And to me, that's significant for relationship. Okay, mm -hmm. because he made that day for us to rest, and he also made that day to spend time with us. Okay, so how many times do we say we want to rest? Okay. Amen. Um, and I know we, as couples, sometimes you want to do a date night, or as parents, you want to have a, a date day that you go out and do stuff that, that are, you're out there, you've got like a few hours, you know what I mean? But God wants all day with us. So I think that's neat that he gave us a very special gift of a whole day to spend time with him, and that was kind of like a gift. Amen. Us. Time. Time. It's, love is spelled T-I-M-E. -E. So anytime you want to love somebody, you got to spend time with them. Genesis 2.18, God says this. He said, and the Lord God said, it is what? Not it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. What you don't see in this passage is Adam complaining because he don't have nobody. He's not even aware that he needs a helper. All he's doing is fellowshipping with his God, and he's naming a bunch of animals. Amen? And he's having a good time, and it is good in God's sight. Verse 21 says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he, who? He brought her to the man. Who brought the girl? God. Not Adam. See, we think that we've got to go get that person. That it's on us to go get that person. When you're seeking God with all your heart, I don't care if a church this size. You may say, well, man, there ain't no chick around here. There ain't no dude around here. What am I going to do? You know what you're going to do? You're going to keep serving God. You're going to keep loving God. You're going to keep putting him first. You're going to keep doing things that he's asked you to do. And then you'll look up, and the Lord will bring you the person that you need. Amen? He will bring it. He's not asking us to do it. Adam didn't have any clue right here. None. God caused a deep sleep. Took one of his ribs out. Dude, man, what's why I took one of your ribs out? You're going to know about it. And then he formed this amazing chick that when she grazed through the woods, pow, man, she showed up and, man, it just rocked Adam's world. And that's what we want. You want that chick or dude that comes into your life and it rocks your world, not tilts your world, not makes negative things in your world, not steals from your world. Man, when God brings something to you, yeah, man, hallelujah, glory to God. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Hallelujah. So that, that point was basically God wants relationship with you. With you. And the next one is God wants relationship for you. you. Okay. So he doesn't want us to be 
que aquilo vai ensinar em mim, ele fará aquilo em mim. Take it out of the teacher. Um, he wants relationship for you. Like I said, relationship with God and relationship from God are a gift from God. Okay? Amen. He has, has anybody in here ever received a gift that you love? Sometimes One person doesn't want that gift, you know. And I'm going to just brag on somebody today. Um, but somebody gave me a gift one time. Two different, well, I've gotten lots of gifts. But anyway, two that I'm going to talk about is um, one that Michelle gave me. She gave me this bracelet here. And I love this bracelet. I never knew anything about this kind of bracelet called Alex and Amy. And I, I never knew they existed. But when she gave it to me, I just fell in love with it. And I want to give everybody an Alex and Amy bracelet. <laughs> but it's, it's just comfortable, it's cute, and I love it. And thank you, Michelle. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, she gave me this bracelet that I didn't even know I wanted. And that's the way God is. He'll give you things that you don't even know you want sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he knows what you want better than you do. And obviously, Michelle knew what I wanted better than I did, too. But another person that's given me a really special gift is my daughter-in-law. And her kind of name happens to be Michelle, too. And I was, I was uh, thinking about this. Michelle actually gave me this really cute little necklace. I don't have that on, but it's a really sweet, sentimental necklace, and I just love it. And um, I never knew I wanted it. I never seen it before. And then she also gave me and made me this bowl that says Nicola Gibbs Family. Actually, it came out. I think they made it from that. She's got her coach pocketbooks. I mean, I'm thinking, man, this is helping me out as a man. You know, it's saving me a lot of money. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's, yeah. But I was thinking about Michelle and Michelle. I thought, man, they both gave me two really great gifts. And I thought, I told you this earlier, but I said, I wonder what their names mean, you know. Their, their name probably means great gift giver or something. So I looked it up. And Michelle means, close. and I just said how good God is a gift giver, right? But Michelle means close to God like God, or light of God. And God is the best giver, best gift giver. And if Michelle means like God, you would want to get gifts from Michelle. No. <laughs> They're really good. No pressure, Michelle. No pressure. Hallelujah. are like God. I mean, you just happen to be good gift givers, too, but like him. But he wants to give you, first of all, a relationship with himself and next with others. Um God gave us other great gifts like Jesus. Okay, and for me specifically, he gave me great parents, two wonderful husbands, great family, great sister, kids, friends like y'all. I mean, just everyone that's around you is, is good, you know, that's just how he is. And you got introverts and extroverts. Y'all have ever heard of that, right? You know, and uh, introverts don't want to be around nobody, okay? And they, they kind of get mad when you try to push them to say hey to people. And they want to do online school. They want to do everything away from everybody. They just don't want to do stuff with people. Well, God don't want them people to be like that. He don't want you to be isolated. When you get isolated, you are getting ready to be prey for the enemy. When you start separating yourself from people and you get all by yourself, I'm telling you, that is a dangerous place to be. And introverts tend to push themselves in a position they don't need to be in. Now, I get being alone. I like to be alone, too. Everybody in this room probably likes to have a little you know, downtime. But when you start building your life around just you and your separation from human beings, you're setting yourself for danger, big-time danger. So we don't want to do that. Isolation is where the devil wants you. He will lie to you. Being around others makes you better. Iron sharpens iron. If it goes against the Word of God, guess what it is? It's a lie. When you're around other people, they can say, Hey, Jackie, hey, hey, hey. You straighten up, young lady. I don't know what you've been doing, but this ain't right. 
when you have people in your life. Or they can say, Jackie, you're doing a good job. Way to go, girl. Keep it up. You see what I'm saying? That's what relationship does, amen? And that's why it's so important that we look at relationships more than just a husband and wife. We need each other, friend. And that's why we're fighting so hard this year, and we need your help. Open up your homes. Open up your life. Go out to eat dinner with people. We need to be together, man, because we can help each other, not away from each other. Hallelujah. I mean, if you can't come to church one Sunday, well, then you need to call some people up and get with them during the week. We need each other. Amen. I mean, if I go three weeks and I don't see y'all or a month, and I, I mean, what? Uh-uh. Ain't happening. I can't know. Uh-uh. I got to have my family. Hallelujah. So y'all say this for me. God wants relationship for me. Now, everybody say, God wants relationship for me. You need to let that be your motto this year. God wants relationship for you. Well, Nathan, I'd just like to be all by myself. Well, you know what? This is the year you come out of that. Get around people. They'll help you. Amen? You need people up in your business. He wants you to have friends and pastors and spouse, employer, even though the last one hurts you. I shared that a little earlier. Amen? Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this real quick. He's in what? Trouble. Big trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are be even better, for a triple-bladed sword is not easily broken. Okay, we're not going to get done with this. Okay, it'll be 2 o'clock before we get done. So God has set up order for us to have successful relationship. Okay, you just... Figure that out on your own. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> Genesis 2, 8 and 9 says this. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay? So the Lord placed Adam. This is before he said it wasn't very good for man to be alone. Genesis 2, 15 says this. You the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. So that was the man's purpose in the garden, to mm -hmm. tend and watch. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So that except in that part is very, very important. Very. We'll That's perimeters. That yeah. <clears throat> then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him, okay? So God first is dealing with Adam before he ever said it wasn't good and he was going to bring him a helper. See, God wants to deal with you before he brings somebody. He wants to get you in a position to where your heart and mind is fixed on him and you're prepared for the one he's going to bring you. Because a lot of times we're jacked up thinking that somebody else is going to complete me. Or if I just get the right girl, or if I just get the right guy, it's going to complete me. It's going to make me whole. No, honey. <laughs> if you're a wreck before them, you'll be a wreck after them, okay? You need to be fixed. That way you get somebody that's fixed, and that way you have a good start. Amen? People cannot fix you. They can't do it. I don't care how much you look to them. They cannot do it. So just like God placed Adam in the garden, he places us in different areas, too. Mm-hmm. Whether that's your job, your school, your family, whatever it is, he's put you in a place 
with other people. Okay, and that's one of the preparing to let that iron sharpen iron and it gets you to a place where you can relate and you can have a relationship with other people. So wherever you are, if it's in the church, if you're if you're in a situation in the church or at a job, you have to relate and be relatable to the people around you. If you're working in Calvary, you got to get along with the people in Calvary. You also have to get along with the people here, the people that are, you know, the pastors or whatever. In your job, you got to get along with the boss. you got to get along with the employees. you got to get along with the people that you're over. Um, so you just got to make sure you're working all those relationships. Flee in your place and put fire in the place that God puts you in. And identity. Where's your identity found? Well, but but knowing who you are is important. You are created in the image and likeness of God. You are God's child. That's who you are. Okay, I don't care what the world says. That's who you are. And, um, it, it, and what was you going to say? Well, after he puts you in a place, he gives you a purpose in that place. And you've got to do your purpose and be productive where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you're not productive here, you're not going to move up here. Mm-hmm. That's just Yeah. And then God will provide uh, for his ideas. God blesses his will for your life. He don't bless your will for your life and knowing who you are. And then the parameters, which is the word except there. Why would God give us limits? Okay. Parents, no kids need limitations. We need to set standards and boundaries in our relationship. If you don't have standards before you get into a relationship, the relationship will create the standard by which you live by of purity, communication, accountability, open and honest. You've got to set the boundaries. So many times Christians especially say, well, you know what? I'm going to change them. I'm going to change them. I can change her. I can change him. That don't work ever. Okay, you can't. All right, set perimeters up and say no early. That way you don't have to regret later. Okay, no is not a cuss word. It's a good word. Amen. And that's with dating up to whatever. So, like, if you're dating somebody, if you're dating in here, you need to make sure you have boundaries. You need to know what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. You're not going to be alone in certain situations. Not put yourself in a situation um, that could cause other things to happen that you don't want to happen before their time. And then you also want to create parameters or boundaries in other relationships too because if you don't create uh, boundaries in relationships even with your parents or your children there's going to be problems and even like we've had several situations in our house we've had people move in with us and live with us for a while and this may sound selfish of me but I'm just going to say it sometimes two women in the kitchen ain't a good thing right so I had this lady come in, and she just was taking over everything in my house. And I'm like, I'm letting you live here for free, you know? And I'm like, you don't need to be doing this. And she literally was standing on the stove and guard the stove like I was not cooking. I could not cook in my own house, you know? And I'm like, this is not good. But and we had one lady that actually. boundaries with all kinds of people. We had one lady that was living with us that actually, we came home one day, and she had black poster board taped to all of our cabinets, wrapping paper, to where we could see what our cabinets would look like with black wrapping paper if there were black cabinets. I mean, so, but one thing I want to say about the dating, and we need to close, Second Peter uh, 1.3, we'll say that, and then band, y'all can go ahead and start making your way up here. We're done. Hallelujah. But I will say this about one thing. When you're dating, we have some young people in the house you're dating. Some of you got a date, some of you don't have a date. The reason why I'm not a proponent of whether, I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're old. If you're dating, 
and you're doing everything that a married couple does that leads to the hot light, then most of the time you're going to lead to the hot light and you're going to end up doing some things you shouldn't do. That means if you're sitting around in a movie theater instead of watching a movie, you're sitting there kissing for 10 or 15 minutes. Let me tell you something. That is absolutely going off in your body on both sides, and it's touching things that it don't need to touch. It's getting things aroused. Because, see, when I'm sitting around kissing her, and, and I'm rubbing on her, and I'm loving on her, where's it leading us to? You can say it in church. The bedroom. I'm headed to the bedroom, Jack. Or, or wherever. We may, we may not make it to the bedroom, okay? But the point is, it's leading me somewhere. She would not even kiss me when we was dating. Why? Why should I? What right do I have to kiss on her? It's going to lead somewhere I don't need it to lead. Why do I need to rub her leg? And we dating. Uh-uh. Because I'm rubbing her leg. There's another thing going on. So when we're dating, we're not dating to get somewhere we shouldn't be. We're dating to get to know somebody. We want to know them. We want to communicate with them. When we was dating, friend, I was with her seven days a week around the clock. I couldn't wait to get off work to get with that woman right there. And if you ain't got that hunger and passion for somebody you're dating, then I doubt very seriously you need to be with them. I'm just being real with you. Because I'm going to tell you something. I knew her before we got married. And it makes our marriage even greater today. Amen? So in relationships, we want Christ to be the center. Amen? Do you want to say something? Yeah. I was going to say, best gift giver and he desires to give us relationships that are going to make us better not a, not that it's going to make us worse and when we focus on him he leads us to the right place to meet the right person whether that's spouse friend whatever because we all need a friend too we do all need friends that are the right friends trust god on the journey because remember it's not a destination it's a journey and then if god is not enough for you no one or nothing else will ever be enough for you. So don't expect to get your satisfaction in any person because you're not going to get it. you got to have it in God first. And again, I'm going to say that one more time. If God is not enough for you, no one or nothing else ever will be. And in 2 Peter 1.3, as we begin to close, if we could pop that up again. It says, by his divine power, God has given us what? everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. God, not a person, has given you everything you need to have a successful godly life in this life you live right here. Friend, if there's nothing else that you get out of this whole message, draw closer to Christ. Let Christ be the center of of your life, the center of everything you do. Let Christ be that center. So with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, Father, we come before you today and we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that we've heard a word from you, Father, that we're going to put you front and center. We're going to say no to people in our life that we need to say no to. We're going we're to accept those parameters 
And we're going to actually set up boundaries to protect what you have for us. Because, Father, I really believe that everybody in this room, you have somebody in mind for them. And I pray, Father God, that we would seek out your will for our life and not our will for our life. And that, Father, no matter if we've been divorced, no matter if we've lost a loved one or a husband or spouse, no matter where we're at on this, on this journey, that, Father, you see where we're at and you know what we need. And I pray that you empower everybody in this room to look to you to bring them what they need. That we keep Jesus front and center as we go through this series. That, that, that Father, we learn how to walk with Christ first before we walk with anybody else. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, Nathan? I don't know Jesus Christ and I want to know Jesus. I want to be the one that prays for you right now. you got to be bold. Hell's real, heaven's real. There's going to be people going to both places. And the first thing you got to do to have any kind of a good relationship is come to know Jesus. So if that's you today and you don't know Christ, man, raise your hand and say, man, pray for me. I want to know Jesus today. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I've kind of known Jesus at one time, but I've walked away. And I've kind of lost my way, and I want to come back. If that's you, be bold. Raise your hand. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. I see that hand. Pray for me because I want to have that relationship with him. Amen? Let's all stand and let's pray. Hallelujah. And I want everybody to pray with me. Nobody prays alone. We're all in this thing together. Hallelujah. Everybody say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to make me new. Change my life today. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to fill me with your grace, with your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father, for helping me today. Father, I pray for every single person in the room today, Father God, that as we launch out and we start this series, that, Holy Spirit, you will reveal to us in a deeper way as we keep marching through this on how to do relationships. Thank you, Father God, for what you've done, and thank you for what you're doing. We give you praise and glory and honor. And everybody that received that word today say, Amen, amen, amen. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank